everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Anatomy of Tone. My name is Mark Marshall, and this week we're going to discuss the Solo Dallas Storm pedal, which is a very unique pedal based on the first wireless unit. We're going to get into what makes this so unique as a preamp, a compressor, as a boost for your amp. It acts like no other pedal as far as the way it compresses or colors your signal. I'll get more into that. Before we get started, I thought I'd recommend a great book. This week, I got my hands on Behind Bars from Elaine Gold. And what this is, it's pretty Pretty much like the perfect reference guide for all things music notation. It's just great to have a reference book. So if you see something on a chart that you haven't seen before, if you're trying to find a way to write something out, it's nice to have a conventionalized system. And I know there's a lot of stigma that comes with reading music. Sometimes people are very anti reading music. I'm pro reading music. I really like it. I think that it's unlocked a world for me creativity wise because there's such a large amount of material that's available in print that I could study and get new ideas from as well as being able to mark down and write my own creative ideas so I don't forget them as opposed to using voice memos or a recording device, which I find can get a little confusing when it comes to finding the material when you need it or knowing which version that you want to reference because often we're making multiple versions of the same idea as opposed to when we write it down, we tend to write down the core ideas. So writing an idea down actually tends to be a little more clear with fewer variations or fewer mistakes in it, which I find helpful. That doesn't mean you can also do it the other way, but it's just great to have this in your tool belt as well as a technique to be able to document your ideas. Also being able to remember material for gigs long-term, being a New York City session musician, I've had to learn a lot of material in a very short period of time and then revisit it many months later. And the best way to do this was to learn how to read music and to translate transcribe it out. So that way uh, I didn't have to learn the material completely over the next time I had to do a gig. I also find it helpful for memorization because I visualize what I've seen on paper, what I've transcribed. So writing it out is another way of imprinting it in your brain so you can recall it later. Some people use visualizations as a form to recall information as I do. So I find it helpful learning new material on a gig to just be able to try to visualize it. It helps bring it back sometimes when I can't remember the melody line. If it's too new, the material's too fresh. So the Behind Bars book has pretty much everything from every instrument about notation and markings that you would see on most conventionalized charts. Now, for all you listeners out there who are into recording, I got a press release from Sound Toys mentioning that they're putting their little plate reverb up for free so you can go and get little plate reverb and use it it's a fantastic plugin as are all the sound toys plugins and i thought you just might want to check that out or maybe you weren't aware of it if you're taking this podcast it would really help me out if you leave me a review online give me some stars a rating it just makes it more visible to uh, the algorithm so more people will find this podcast if you have any recommendations or gear you might like to hear reviewed or topics you might like to hear discussed let me know. Send me an email. I'm at anatomyofguitartone.com. I have a contact page there. You can reach me and be glad to chat. Before I get into the solo 
Hello Dallas Storm. I would like to mention that a documentary that I worked on called Fire Through Dry Grass is available to watch. It premiered on PBS POV Docs this Monday. Now it's available on the PBS website. If you just search for PBS Fire Through Dry Grass, you'll see an amazing documentary about some residents of Kohler nursing facility and the struggles that they went through during the pandemic and some of the shady things that the state and city government was pulling in New York State, New York City. It's a difficult story to watch, but it's also warming because the individuals that are in it are such incredible humans and had such a spirit that just couldn't be broken, which they've gone on to make an impact in so many other people's lives. So you check it out. I wrote a couple of compositions for it and I mentored one of the main focal points, the main individuals in the film, Vince, about songwriting and production. He's a hip hop artist and we worked on some music of his that appeared in the film. I also engineered a session for one of the songs in the film that is playing during the credits. We went to Quad Studios in New York City with four the reality poets who are the people that you see in the documentary is the focus is about their their story and it's actually about more than four of the poets but there were four of them that came to the session and we we recorded vocals that day and hung out and just had a, a pretty great experience i think it's a really important story that people understand how the nursing home organizations work and how underprivileged people can really get the short stick when they're put into these facilities and don't have anywhere else to go so i hope you'll check it out and it'll make you aware of of some areas of, of our community that, that need help and, and parts of our government that need change. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, this week we're going to delve into the Solo Dallas Storm Pedal. The Storm Pedal is based on one of the first wireless units made by Ken Schaefer. It was called the Schaefer Vega. It was a diversity system. This is an interesting setup because nowadays we consider wireless to suck tone and it doesn't sound good. And I haven't heard like a modern wireless unit that I've really liked that much. That I haven't felt like it's not degraded or compressed the tone in an unflattering manner. What's really cool about the Schaefer Vega units is that they actually had quite a unique sound to them and guitar players really started to love them in the late 70s and early 80s. He stopped making them in 82. He really got into actually doing a lot of intercepting internal Soviet television for the U.S. government. This is like during the, the waning days of the Cold War. And so he stopped producing the Schaefer Vega diversity system after a thousand units have been made. Even though those numbers seem low in comparison to a lot of products that have been manufactured, the Schaefer Vega diversity system found its way into the rigs of some very notable guitar players at the time who were touring and also making records. So there are some very specific sounds that are only attainable through using this unit. And I think that's worth mentioning because aside from it solving a major problem, which means that you're not very mobile when you're plugged into from a guitar into an amplifier or pedal board. But also for some artists, they were worried about risks of shock and other reasons. But that would be like the most obvious reason of using a, a wireless unit. But it turns out this particular circuitry that was employed 
in this Schaefer Vega unit actually did something very unique to the guitar tone. One of the most notable sounds that we get from this is ACDC's Back in Black. Now, there were other guitar players such as Eddie Van Halen and uh, David Gilmour during the making of The Wall that also were using the Schaefer Vega unit in the studio because of its unique preamp and compression limiting and coloration and boost qualities, which I'll, I'll get into for a moment. But the back and black sound is just, for one, has been a sound that never really been able to figure out or heard anybody completely nail. And of course, we can apply it with an SG and a Marshall. It gets us close, but there's just something that is missing. And, and I don't think anybody really knew what it was because obviously that they... Schaefer, Ken Schaefer stopped making the diversity system in 1982. The guitarists still used them for a while, but eventually there were other complications with the FCC and, and wireless channels. And there's a whole complicated story that I can get into later on, which limited the use of the Schaefer Vega diversity system at some point. What's interesting is that the developer behind Solo Dallas really became obsessed with Back in Black and really wanted to figure out how to create that sound and, and why just an SG into a, a late era, 70s era Marshall or even earlier wasn't exactly nailing that tone. He did a lot of research and it led him to Ken Schaefer and he actually reached out to Ken Schaefer and they collaborated and worked together in order to design this new circuit, which is really based on that original Schaefer Vega without it being an actual wireless unit. So there's actually two models now. One is called the Schaefer Replica. It's a tower. That one sits on top of your amp and it actually fully replicates the circuitry of the original Schaefer Vega, but the only difference is it's not wireless anymore. You actually plug your guitar into the tower and then into your amplifier, but inside of it, there is actually a little component that does create the true wireless system so they can authentically create that sound, but no longer are you putting a transmitter on your belt and going wireless to the unit. Now they also make the Storm pedal, which has most of the components of the Schaefer replica tower. I think they've figured out how to minimize the components, but get the same sound. And that one is obviously it's more practical because it you could just put it on your pedal board and throw it in your bag and take it to sessions as opposed to the tower, which is, I would say, a little less practical, obviously, for taking the gigs and stuff. And it will say it's they've really nailed it. And they also make a base X model because the way that the Storm, the, that's the Schaefer replica pedal Storm, the way that sounds, it's more geared to towards guitar. So the frequency response on it, it doesn't exactly work with bass instruments. So the bass X is a mod on that. So it works well with bass instruments. Now this is a really interesting pedal because what is it? Is it a compressor? Is it a preamp? Is it a boost pedal? The answer really is it's, all of those and then it's not. It does all of those three things, but in a way that a normal boost or preamp or compressor would not 
really achieve? Uh, let's just start with the compression circuit in. And it's really more like a limiter. The original Schaefer Vega did have a limiter and a compressor in it and an expander. And it was quite a complicated setup in order to be able to prepare your signal to be sent wirelessly. The thing that really sticks out with the storm pedal is the limiter circuit in it. So what that really does is it, it just has this magic effect on your guitar where obviously below a certain threshold, it lets your signal alone. So you still have dynamics until you really dig in and then it limits and slash compresses your signal. But it doesn't act like a normal compression pedal does where it completely squishes your signal. So you still have more of a dynamic range. You just hear a squish when you dig into it. And that's one of the things that we're hearing on the back in black. There's a very specific squish to that sound that's happening when Angus Young was using it in the front end of his Marshalls with the SGs. I was pushing the Marshall a little more with the preamp circuit in it, which I'll get to in a second, but also it was the limiting circuit. And it has a really interesting way of compressing the guitar, but allowing all of the notes, like if you're playing a first open position chords, right, like a G chord for an example, first position G chord, you're going to notice that when you play that, and it's you have a lot of gain on the amp or medium gain, some of those notes are going to become cloudy and, and blurry. But what the Schaefer Storm does, or the Solo Dallas Storm does, is that it somehow makes each of those notes very clear. So you can play with a pretty saturated tone. It doesn't sound over compressed, but all of those notes come through very clear. You hear this in, you shook me all night long. Like you just hear there's something about the way that those basic you know, cowboy chords are being played. When you use a fuzz or many other circuits, they just get really muddy and they're not that clear, but there's something so clean about Angus's tone. It's not over compressed. It's not overly saturated. What is it? Right? For the longest time, I could just never figure out what it is. I'm so delighted when I found Solo Dallas and that they're recreating this circuit because it's just not replicatable on any other setup. You can't just sub the solo Dallas uh, Storm out for anything else or the tower. But it also has a preamp in it. So there's coloration that's happening within the circuit. It definitely adds coloration to your sound and some harmonic overtones too that just makes it a little richer. So it's like this limiter coupled with this preamp that I don't know, just accentuates the harmonics in your sound. Now, there's a special EQ thing that happens with it as well. Obviously, Ken Schaefer designed the original Schaefer Vega to make sure that the, it sounded good coming out the other end, right? It wasn't just like solving the wireless thing. Obviously, it had a good taste for tone. And there was a, this really magical low mids boost that happens. And it's really interesting when you plug this into a Marshall Plexi. Now, Plexis tend to be very bright amps and they sound great on their own. I use a, a Marshall SV20H head, which is a modern 20 watt Plexi. Great amp, but it, it doesn't have a ton of low end on it. Not as much as you would expect. They're, they're pretty bright. But when I use the Solo Dallas Storm in front of it, I get these amazing like chunky lows. Now, not muddy, not like modern metal chunky lows, but this full rich sound that I didn't feel like I was getting any other way or using any other boost pedal in front of it. And it's just a very flattering combination. Gibson with humbuckers, Solo Dallas Storm, Marshall Plexi. It's kind of like a magic ingredient. Now, 
And I also mentioned earlier that it acts as a boost pedal. So the boost isn't like extreme. I mean, it can get pretty loud depending on where you have the gain set on it. But if you have the gain set fairly low and the output up all the way, it isn't necessarily that much of a boost until you start turning the gain up and then the output starts getting hotter. So now Angus and a lot of other players would also use the Schaefer Vega unit to push the front end of their amps. It was acting not only as this unique limiting device and coloration device, but it also pushed the front end of the amp harder to get to saturate and push it into that sweet spot. Now, there's other effects that people have used to push front ends of the amp before. And one of the biggest ones that comes to mind is the preamp of the tube echoplexes or the solid state echoplexes. And now people make those in pedal form. I still use a full tone tube tape echo because I feel like the tube preamp in that is really unique and special. And that sounds really fantastic in front of different amplifiers. And it's really amazing to me how the preamps in some of these devices can add such a specific color to your guitar sound that you just can't get any other way. I think the space echoes are the same way. I haven't really spent much time with those, but the tape echoes and the Benson Echo Rack would be one. And also the Schaefer Vega diversity system really added just this incredible preamp sound amp that just brings an amp to life, which is really special. Now, it's easy to just start focusing on the ACDC sound. And I'm going to touch on that in some of these examples, because of course, I feel like it's important. But I've also found it really interesting to include in a lot of other scenarios too, because it sounded so good as a limiter and a preamp. I often wondered what it would sound like with I don't know, to a clean amp or using a slide or with an acoustic guitar. So we're going to go through some different examples and going to talk about what I feel like it's adding to the signal. And we used it with a variety of different amps. I have my AMP88S amp switcher, which makes it easy for me to switch through all my amplifiers in my studio as opposed to having to get behind them and yank cables or move a lot of things around. I really can quickly move between amps, which is really fabulous. I'm going to record in through a UAD aux and that's that's going to come in through API 312 preamps. I'm also coloring the signal with a purple audio NC77 and then into UAD's Luna software. This first example is going to use an SG Custom with Mercury One pickups from Gemini pickups. I particularly love these pickups. Rob Banta from Gemini pickups just has a touch with pickups. I've mentioned them before in my blogs and podcasts, but I just think they're magical. So this is straight into the Marshall SV20H. And then I'm going to do the next example with including the storm. I'm going to turn on the storm now, same signal chain, same guitar riff. just as if the guitar signal got more focused when it was on. It didn't feel as raw. It felt like it had more of a sheen or shine to it. Example two, I'm going to turn the storm off and we're going to listen to a different riff.
Not a bad tone on its own, but let's turn the storm on and hear how it changes that sound. I'm going to use a max in sonic distortion in front of the storm that's going to go into the marshal. Everything is the same except now I'm going to use the max in for a little more gain. Let's try it with the storm off first. Was also using the universal audio del verb which is their new delay and reverb pedal i had it on the plate setting for just a bigger van halen type spatial sound to it let's listen to the example now turning the solo dallas storm on more clarity too. Not only is there more richness in the low mids that doesn't make it cloudy, but the high end is a little more sparkly and that limiting. Again, I just, I really like it because it doesn't completely squish the whole signal. You almost don't know it's there except that something cool is happening. It's also great because you don't feel it in the same way that you would feel it from a regular compression pedal too, which I like from a playing perspective. A lot of times when I'm playing live, I struggle with compression pedals, even though I really like the way they sound. I don't like in a live setting how I feel like it limits my touch sensitivity, but this doesn't do that, which is really fantastic. I'm going to tie in the FSC KB1 pedal now, which is FSC's version of a Klon with some modifications to it. This is going to run into the storm and then into the Marshall. Now I'm not hitting the storm with any additional gain. Normally I'd be using a Klon as a boost device, but here I just have it set for a little brighter, crunchier tone to maybe focus the upper mids, which Klons are so good at. This is going into the storm. It's gonna just limit it nicely and do its thing with the low mids and then go into the Marshall. I'm still using the SG with this. <laughs> Let's switch sounds and try to experiment with some of the less obvious usages of the solo Dallas Storm. I'm gonna plug into a Vox AC15. I'm gonna use a retrosonic chorus pedal. I'm gonna use the UAD or Universal Audio Del Verb. And I'm gonna use a Dan Electro DC9 for a jangly sound. I'm gonna pair this with the Storm. Let's hear it first without the Storm.
I'm trying to play with a lot of dynamics in this example so you can hear how there are plenty of dynamics below where the limiting is happening. Here it is with the storm. What about a pop setting where it's made more of a dance kind of funk sound that benefits from using compression? I wanted to hear how this worked in line with that. So I'm using a Stratocaster with FSC 59 pickups into the Solo Dallas Storm, which is then going into a Headstrong Little King, which is a black panel Princeton reverb. This one has no storm. Let's add in the storm. You can hear I have a bit of slapback going on there from the Universal Audio Delver. I really like how it makes the clean sound less brittle, adds some warmth to it without it boosting that low end that would become problematic competing with the bass or any woofiness that would happen. There's no woofiness with it, but there's a, a largeness to it, which is fantastic. I'm going to play a Hendrix-like riff now. One thing I thought was cool with pairing the Stratocaster with the Little King from Headstrong, Princeton-style amp, is that when I used the uh, Storm with it, it created this sound that almost reminded me of Hendrix used pretty thin strings, actually. His bottom string, I think, was a 38. And there was just a, I don't know, part of his sound was the limitation of the frequency spectrum, right? So he didn't have these giant strings on the low end and these tiny strings on the high end. The guitar was almost a lot more focused. And I feel like I used 10 through 48, and it, putting the storm on really gave it a little bit more of that Hendrix vibe with the lighter gauge strings. I really like big muff pedals, but they could be a little unruly and unfocused sometimes. And I'm using a Vic Audio 73 Rams head, which is probably one of the best big muff pedals you can get. They're not super expensive and they're made way better than Electro Harmonics and better than a lot of the other builders that are copying that circuit. Just really figured it out. And this is a very flattering version of the Rams head. So you're gonna notice it sounds good from right from the get-go as opposed to some others, which need a little bit more help. But even with that being said, it's just part of that Rams head or particularly the, the big muff circuit that it's gritty and there's a rawness about it that sometimes needs to be smoothed out. It's an EQ thing. Sometimes it's just 
a dynamics thing. And sometimes you'll see players, they'll use a big muff with a preamp pedal or um, just various other pedals, a compression pedal, an EQ pedal, something to help shape it. Sometimes even an overdrive pedal after it to help shape the tone of it. I'm going to use the Solo Dallas Storm pedal in this case to see how it can help tame some of the harshness that is just natural in a big muff. Let's first hear it without the Storm. This is a Stratocaster again into the Storm, this first example bypassed, into the Little King. I am using the Universal Audio Delverb again in the background. Now, it's not a bad sound. It's just a little, I don't know, unrefined. Let's kick in the storm and see how that changes the tone. sounds more like I imagine it sounding on a record and obviously I recorded this through professional recording gear but even in the room having the solo Dallas storm on with a big muff gives me more of that recorded and mixed sound as opposed to that unruly rawness that can happen it really brings out and, and I think just pairs with the big muff pedal in, in such a flattering way. I play a lot of slide guitar I use a lot of different devices for compression saturation. So I might use a tube screamer as a form of compression and saturation, or I might use a fuzz pedal and roll the volume back. I might use compressors like the slide rig from Origin Effects, which is a fantastic compressor for slide guitar. Uh, these all can be heavy handed, maybe be the wrong word, but they're very I guess they're, they're very rich. Uh, sometimes I'm looking for something a little lighter where I could get, a, I don't know, I would say a, not as a noticeably compressed sound. I wanted to experiment using the Solo Dallas Storm in context with, I'm gonna use the Maxin Sonic Distortion. So now I am using that for sustain and saturation, but sometimes when I'm just using a, a distortion like that, it, it still sounds a little buzzy and harsh. So let's see what happened when I placed the Storm after it and how it dealt with the brashness from the Sonic Distortion, which by the way, is one of my favorite distortion pedals. I know there's fans fancier distortion pedals out there, but this is a fantastic sounding distortion pedal that has some nice rich low mids in it, as opposed to some other distortions, which I feel like don't have as much of a weight in them. This has got a very nice weight. First example was without the storm.
Let's tie in the storm now. find that the secret to guitar tone sometimes is finding these magical devices that don't radically change your sound, but they do these really subtle moves that that can just shift your sound a little more to the left or to the right. And it really becomes a game of the subtle differences or several of those at a time that add up to make a big difference rather than often large radical moves. So using the preamp on a tape echoplex or using the solo Dallas Storm, these actually in some ways create bigger waves than doing something radical. This next example, I'm going to use a Telecaster with Voodoo 52 pickups in it. This is going to go into the Universal Audio Delverb on a slapback setting. I have it on the analog delay setting with a little bit of modulation in it. This is going to go into the Headstrong Lil' King. And I have the Lil' King set pretty clean. A little bit of gain saturation happening from the storm and I have the limiting up pretty high. So it's a rockabilly vibe, maybe slightly more modern rockabilly vibe. And you should hear how the storm is a saturating and really adding a really cool compression limiting sound. adds to the low notes, both in tonality and sustain. Sometimes I feel like those low notes will dissipate faster or they'll get buried a bit. The, the storm is really bringing all the notes to the forefront. It almost creates like a balance between all the frequencies of the guitar, all the different strings, the difference between the wound and the unwound strings, which I think is really cool. I want to do a couple examples using the Strymon Iridium. And these days, more and more players are going ampless for a number of different reasons. Some it has to do with transportation. I know it is here in New York City. It's become expensive to take cabs to gigs. But also, sometimes people want to have quiet stages or their fly dates. And there's a number of reasons why people are going this route. And I wanted to see how the Solo Dallas Storm sounds in front of the Iridium, see if it complements or elevates the sound. And the Iridium itself, it's really not bad. I think it's one of the best amp and cab modelers out there. It feels very natural to your volume changes. If I'm riding my volume knob, it reacts a lot like an amp has. And that's been a complaint from a lot of these devices in the past that have tried and never been happy with. Now, this is actually a really nice unit. It, I won't say it sounds 
quite as good as the amps. I think you'll hear that from these examples, but look, it sounds really great. And if this is something you have to use in the gig, there's no reason why you can't get a great sound. And of course, it being practical, maybe it's the only option you have. So I think it helped the sound of the radium. I definitely like it. Let's listen to the first example. The storm is in bypass mode for example one. Okay, turning the storm on. It's doing a similar thing as it does when you run it in front of the real amps. It's refining the tones, making the sound more rich, and the highs are a little silkier, and has interesting harmonics and the overtones to the part, and also being able to use it to generate a little more saturation and gain. Let's hear it with an arpeggiated style part. First one, no storm. Storm in. Here's an example using a slower delay and, and a plate reverb sound on the Universal Audio Dell Verb. And I'm going to use the Storm. This is into the Iridium on Vox setting. I'm using a Telecaster. After trying all these examples with clean guitar, I started to wonder how it would work in an acoustic guitar setup. So I decided to run my Martin HD 28 into my API 312 preamps and record it straight into Universal Audio's Luna. Now, this isn't exactly the same as running through a PA because you'd be hearing the room when the guitar is coming through the PA, but I just wanted to hear it dry in. Now, this is not necessarily going to sound good. I mean, my opinion is I really do not like DI acoustic guitar. It's one of my least favorite sounds. Not to say that sometimes it can't be a sound. It can be a very affected sound. It just doesn't sound natural to me. And I just will always prefer a microphone in front of an acoustic guitar. But hey, playing live, that is just not practical. I often use the Fishman Platinum DI system, which I really like a lot. And I think it's fantastic. It has a compressor on it, which I use sometimes. Sometimes, the, again, compression is a little heavy-handed live and can cause the, the guitar to, to start to feed back. So I wanted to try the Solo Dallas to hear what it does. And it does a great thing. Now, again, I don't think either of these sounds are particularly great, but if you just listen to the way it's treating the acoustic guitar, I think you're going to hear the first example. It just sounds bad. This is using a great pickup on my Martin. It's a great Fishman pickup. It's just what's the nature of this technology and, and uh, pickups on acoustic guitars. But I think you'll hear when I plug in the Storm that it just... I don't know. It it takes away some of the harshness, the rattiness of the acoustic without it. Let's hear it first with no storm. 
Okay, I'm going to turn on the storm now. It's just a little less, I don't know, buzzy and unruly sounding. So I think if you use this in conjunction with a, an acoustic DI, it can actually make the sound a lot more flattering in a live situation. A big thing with acoustic guitars is, is having dynamics and I think having access to this being more like a limiter rather than a traditional compressor can also help acoustic guitar playing in a live situation where a compressor might feel like it's just clamping down too hard on your dynamics. Same thing I was mentioning earlier, but worth noting for use with an acoustic guitar. It's really interesting. It's, this is a sound that I think I would use a lot. I'm going to find myself putting this on a lot of pedal boards and pairing with a lot of different amps because it adds such a wonderful coloration to it. And sometimes I personally struggle with a lot of clean sounds. I'm not the biggest fan of a guitar into a clean black panel era or silver panel era Fender amps. I know that a lot of people love that sound, but I don't love that sound without either a compressor in front of the amp or using the Purple Audio MC77 or 1176 after the amplifier, after the microphone. I'm always using a lot of compression with those sounds because that era of Fender amps tend to sound very, um, it's just very like you get that peak of a note, right? You get that transient and then it just drops down. And plus the mid-range scoop on a lot of those amps just sounds a little bright and, and not very full sounding to my ears. And the compression can help with that. But as I mentioned, I don't always feel like compression is the right tool. I did find that using this, and the other day I, I had a rehearsal with this artist I play with, Kevin Bentz, who's a really fantastic musician, songwriter artist and we were rehearsing in a rehearsal studio it had a very nice amp but it was in the black panel style which felt like a little pointy and scooped and i used this in my signal chain and it just did a magical thing and all of a sudden it sounded really great because it was just maybe controlling the circuit in a way that for what i'm used to is a little more flattering so i'm more of a preference for British style amps, which are a little more compressed or have more mid-range frequencies in them. Now, this was still sounding like a black panel Fender amp, but it made it a little less, I don't know, a struggle for me to get the sounds and to react to the amp than if I didn't have the pedals. I'm always taking some sort of pedal to try to interface with those amplifiers. And I found myself with this actually turning my overdrive pedals off. Sometimes I use an overdrive pedal to be the, the middle person in between me and, and that circuit of an amp. But sometimes it adds too much gain or saturation to it. And I don't want that saturation, but I don't want the full wide open brashness of, of a black panel amp. And having this on, I found myself like turning my overdrives off and just playing with the storm on and really enjoying the clean sounds, which was fantastic because I do actually like clean sounds. I just tend to fight with some of those circuits a little bit on their full clean setting, especially on a lower volume. As the amp gets louder, 
they start to get a little more sustained richness to them. But on a pretty low volume, they just don't open up that way. So you need to have sometimes a device. And I've used a tube tape, tube tape echo and other devices in order to, to help that as well, which does do, do its own thing. But I will say that the Solo Dallas Storm is for me right now, this magic ingredient to really bring some of these amps to life, which is wonderful because there's a lot of backline amps that are either using this modern Blues DeVille or Fender circuits or the black panel circuits, which great amps, don't get me wrong, just wouldn't be my first preference. Now, I am using a black panel style circuit, headstrong looking reverb, and that's magical. That's up to vintage spec and it really sounds fantastic. And I play a lot of things on it. But even that said, that that type of circuit isn't always the best for anything. But having the, the Solo Dallas makes a really great pedal to have on your board to help interface with other amplifiers, like a magic band-aid pedal. So obviously I really consider this a winner of a pedal and I intend to be using this for many years to come. I think it will be a, a staple in my array of, of tools that I lean to on a regular basis to get great tones. I hope everybody's enjoyed this episode of Anatomy of Tone. It was a lot of fun to learn about the truth behind this mysterious device that made these incredible tones from some of these classic records that I've adored for my life. And finally now having the piece of the puzzle to bring it to life, I think is really a lot of fun and, and gratifying. I hope you'll join me next week. And just want to mention that if anybody's looking for any guitar lessons, drum lessons, bass lessons, music theory, composition lessons, please reach out anatomyofguitartone.com. I have a contact page there. I also have a lot of blogs there, which will have print versions of the blog on the Solo Dallas Storm, as well as last week's effect roads of Phasomatic and a lot of other articles and information there that you might find interested related to guitar and music theory. I hope everybody has a great week.